Welcome to the Property Portfolio Podcast with Mark Stokes and Nigel Green. Every week we inspire and guide you towards success in the world of property development, mentorship and fundraising. Before we jump into today's episode, a reminder to join us at equacademy.co.uk where you can gain free access to hundreds of videos and templates to help you on your property development journey. Well, a very warm welcome to the next episode of Property Portfolio Podcast. And today, Nigel and I are going to be discussing utility management for your development, an area that some people trouble and stumble with. But we're going to show you some ideas on how you can identify the risk, manage the risk, and create those assured outcomes for your development. And uh, Nigel, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Identifying the risk, managing it and creating that assured outcome with uh, no surprises for anyone. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, it kind of starts with, uh, you know, the initial analysis, I think, you know, when you're looking at an opportunity and and just trying to get a – I think this is probably one of the biggest conundrums we got in that uh, deal analysis, Mark, isn't it? Um, the utility budget, you know, what do you put in there? Because the fact of the matter is you need to have – the design done to understand low capacities for electricity, you know, electricity, gas, um, et cetera, et cetera, to be able to then put an inquiry into the utility companies so they can assess capacity in the network, be it in the street or wherever. So I, it is a bit of a conundrum. Um, definitely uh, cart and horse come to mind <laughs> in this scenario. But... Um, but nonetheless, you know, there is a methodology, you know, it's, it's been kind of proven over the years, certainly in, in our camp, Mark, hasn't it? And, you know, there has been one one occasion where the budget just wasn't quite enough, but then we we just popped into our, our bill contingency and just topped it up there and, you know, but, you know, pretty consistently it's been within budget, which is great. But um, it's it's a big subject, this Mark, isn't it? It's a, it's a big old subject and, you know, I'm really thankful we've got <clears throat> our two-hour monthly equimentorship group session after this, haven't we? We're just going to dive into the, the deepest detail, obviously, on that session. So, uh, but just so, give the listeners a, a bit of a flavour at this point. Yeah, yeah, we'll look, really lift the bonnet on it. It's something everybody needs to know. And if if you've not got utility management in your development analyzer, yeah, you need to. It's part of our steps. We've got a a 12-step system for just identifying contingency in developments and utility sits right in there. And because as, as Nigel said, having that um, having that clear cost for a, a, a utility for your gas and electric when you're just bidding on the site, putting a proposal to the site, is not going to happen. You know, you, you can't get all the ducks in line. And there's, there's always this healthy tension and you... you you started off talking about this, Nigel, um, about you know, let's assume we're building apartments or houses. What is your load profile? What is the capacity requirements um, for the development? Um, is it all electric for everything? Are you going gas hobs, gas-fired boilers? And we have we have that debate, don't we, with our design teams on a very regular basis. I mean, that's right up front strategically on the development yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a clear movement out there, isn't there, to to eradicate where possible fossil fuels. So, you know, from a from a gas perspective, that I think that's the movement that's happening. Uh, there's certainly mandates 
edicts within, you know, central London, no more gas boilers, you know, in in a few years' time, you know, that sort of thing. So so I think I think there is a move, but that that's all well and good. But up until this point, the the load, the heavy lifting between electricity demand and gas has been kind of shared, hasn't it? You know, it's been shared. Um, so if we're now lumping it all onto the the electricity utility, you know, it's just being just being mindful of what the capacity is in the road, and um, you know, it's quite it's quite a, a big issue. So it's a real a real sensitive balance, really. Um, of uh, and and we, you know, we've also got a scenario depending on your exit, of course, in in terms of development, whether it's a whether it's a sell or whether it's a refinance and hold. Um, you know, the uh, the beneficiaries of those ultimately those uh, those houses, those flats, maybe have an aspiration in terms of what they want to see. You know, some people we hear, don't we, from the estate agents, absolutely target, let's say, a gas hob and an electric oven and don't really like electric hob and electric oven. You know, so there's all these things to consider. And, you know, that's where we can connect also with with our selling partner, which is, you know, the estate agents, just, just to understand what the market in location you know, has the demand for, but um, yeah, yeah, so there's quite a few moving parts here, isn't there? And we're we're, we're just closing out on two deals, um, which are supported living deals, where we're helping alleviating homelessness. You might take a different view on the operations and maintenance. Do you want, you know, gas hops, or or is it going to be electric? So you're absolutely right. Different strategies. Is it a let strategy? Is it a hold? Um, long term is it a sell to market um, I remember um, we did a development um, just a, a year 18 months ago didn't we in Godalming in Surrey lovely development 22 apartments it was about 10,000 square foot commercial to residential conversion yep. and uh, there, there was gas already to site but there wasn't enough gas to to, to put uh, gas fired boilers and uh, and gas hobs in all the apartments. And I, I think from memory, we put gas-fired hobs upstairs um, and electric um, downstairs. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we split the strategy to, to because of the capacity issue. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we could have gone back to the utility company and we could have got a quote. And, in fact, we did get a quote. But, mm-hmm. well, as, as you well know over the years, Nigel, um, if you're upgrading the capacity and therefore upgrading some of the breakers and infrastructure on the utility side, you can be into well tens of thousands of pounds upwards, can't you? Absolutely, and, and numbers that you wouldn't really expect, considering what the the work. I mean, what we see, what we see, kind of worst case scenario really is, um, you know, a new cable, a new cable from our building that's kind of you know, trenched out to the road and a connection road. That's all we see. Um, but it's not necessarily, that's not all the costs because the cost could be the connection in the streets and the cable within the street or the gas pipe or, you know, whatever it is, just doesn't have the infrastructure capacity. So the, the utility company have had to do an upgrade elsewhere in the network to enable your additional capacity. And guess who's paying for that? You know, so when you when you kind of see the bill, it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, um, and and that sometimes can divert strategy. You know, when you see, blimey, that's just that's just not going to work for us. We might have to actually split, 
you know, the load across two utilities opposed to just hanging it all onto one. So all, all these things we're talking about are kind of after the event in terms of analysing a deal, aren't they? And and this was a point I made right at the beginning that it is it is probably the the single item that's very, very difficult to actually pin that tail on the donkey in terms of the actual cost. So it's a, you know, we define a methodology of, you know, how much allowance per utility per residential unit that we we develop. And then that budget, as I say, generally, you know, across our six, six, seven years of of developing outside of the corporate world mm-hmm. has has been okay. So we're going to continue to follow that methodology. And in the event that there is an anomaly, we know we've also got a contingency pot to jump into if indeed we require it. So so that that's that's really the approach. But you know, again, it all sounds very you know, overwhelming and kind of be terrifying in some ways, but this is where, again, the professional team, you know, we use a, we use a, a utility specialist. So there's a, a company that comes in, you know, and, and these, you know, ladies and gentlemen, they have, they have the relationships with all the utility providers, you know, for us, for us connecting with a utility, you know, we're going into the main switchboard. We'll be sent through to somebody else, and then probably to somebody else and somebody else. And they're all new people. Whereas, what we find with a utility consultant is they know Fred, and they know Bill, and they know John, and they know in the various utility companies. And there's already a pre-existing relationship there, and you can get things done quicker. You know, there's a is a probably a faster understanding between the parties of what's required. Um, and and certainly, you know, from a consultant's point of view, they they take the heavy lifting in terms of all the form filling, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's absolutely invaluable. And it comes back, doesn't it? As 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 entrepreneurs, business owners, developers, however you want to badge yourself, understanding what your what you're best at, what your return on time employed is. And the great thing about well, we've done well just under a hundred million of developments. Um, in the last uh, seven years, six or seven years, um, and you know we stand on the shoulders of giants, don't we? Uh, the bank don't want to trust us just trying really hard. It's that assurance framework that we've built, working with consultants, specialists, having hundreds and hundreds of years of experience of the you know the aggregate of all the team members um, within, within our team. And, and ha- having that utility management company there who just work cheek to jowl with the design team, the building services design team, um, then, you know, it's just absolutely, why wouldn't you? Um, let's go back to timing right at the, the early stage uh, because, uh, look, we could, we, we could get greater certainty by um, going to get a quote. But what happens with the quote? And this is what some people maybe haven't appreciated if you've not done your first development yet. It's fine to go and get a quote from the utility for the electrical connection, the electrical upgrade or gas, um, but you haven't reserved any capacity. And it's only when you actually uh, sign the agreement, isn't it? And not just sign the agreement. I, I know in... In your Ecker IDA, Nigel, yeah, cash flow. Uh, it's only when you actually pay the bill that you secure the capacity in the network. And we did see quite quite some interesting changes um, 
around about 10 years ago, wasn't it, when, when there was a lot of solar capacity coming on the market. Um, and these would be big solar farms coming on, lots of generating capacity. And that would really create a lot of disruption in the marketplace, in the networks. And um, if you didn't grab the capacity quick, somebody else probably would. Um, so, uh, yeah, so not going to be able to not going to be able to uh, accept the utility quote if you've not exchanged on the contract yet. No, no. And they have quite short validity periods, the, the quotations, don't they? You know, it could be as short as 30 days, you know, and then it'll expire and that's it. And, and you know, taking your point there, Mark, that, that is absolutely the reason because in 30 days, so much could happen in the network. You know, somebody else has put an application literally just down the road to to eat up the remaining capacity. So all of a sudden, that quotation that they gave you is no longer valid and, you know, it won't be anywhere near that price point when you come again, you know. Yes. So, so yeah, it's um, we, we find, as I say, it, it is probably the one that we've scratched our head over the, the most to try and lock down in terms of uh, risk. Um, but, you know, the methodology of creating the budget seems to have worked, you know, certainly over 13, 14 developments that we've done. Apart from one that, as I say, wasn't it wasn't too much over, but we dipped into the contingency pot. But um, yeah, it's it's that it's that process, and you know, to the to the point of having the ability to go to the utility companies to say, I want this amount of capacity. You know, let's not forget you you've kind of exchanged on the building, you've bought the the building or the land, whichever the case may be. You've started your detailed design process, which could be two, three months in terms of its tenure. And it's only at that point that you've actually defined what the capacity is that you actually need from the point of point of view of the building design. So, you know, the inquiries can come, you know, potentially six months after, if you like, probably even longer in some cases than actually getting a yes. You know, so again, it's, it's, it's the cart and the horse situation, but but nonetheless, it's, um, you know, it's, it is a necessity to... To get utilities clearly into into your building, if I think if you're buying a building, if you've got a building already there and it's got sewer connection and it's got electricity and it's got gas, you're probably just talking about upgrades. You know, whether that actually needs a new cable or it needs a new pipe or it needs a new you know uh, sewer connection, you know, remains to be seen. But you know, there's there's a connection point there, which is useful. Um, if you're just buying a plot of land, you know, that's never had any connection and let's say developing and got planning permission for houses, you know, just be, just be mindful that you're actually got to bring the utilities in, you know, the whole, so, so maybe you want to be considering a slight, you know, slight upgrade, upgrade in your rate, maybe, uh, associated with each utility per property and so on and so forth, because there's so much more work to be done. So yeah, yeah, it's really, uh, really an important one, um, and I, th- I think we we could probably move on to the the different stages, I suppose, Mark, within the yeah, yeah. I was I was just going to just identify what we mean by utilities as as well before we move on. It's I suppose the obvious are gas and electric. We've we've mentioned those, um, and yeah. they're the predominant. But there's also quite a few more, aren't there? That, Again, all need to be managed. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've got water. Yep. Yeah. Water and sewer. You know, you've got the sewer connections there. You've got uh, maybe data. 
and voice connections. So kind of, you know, the uh, the telephone or the broadband connections. Um, interestingly, actually, um, you know, we find more recently that the the that particular utility from time to time, I guess it depends what they're connecting to and the viability of what they're doing, but on occasions they actually put it in for nothing. Um, because mm. I, I think what they see is that it's an opportunity to on-sell, isn't it, their services to the <clears throat> to the uh, the people within, let's say, a building, you know, and that sort of thing. So, yeah. but yeah, but um, all the rest tend to charge you. <laughs> they do. And that, you mentioned the, the phases of the development. Uh, of course, mm. when we're doing commercial to residential or even if we're doing land to new build, we've got to think of what the existing presence is there at the moment. And yeah, if it's commercial, that could be a, an industrial level. I mean, you could have gas in there, but you could have a big old fat pipe, um, you know, not at the right pressure grade that, that you require. So quite often it's disconnections um, uh, and uh, contacting the uh, the utility. Um, if you've got some, if you want to reduce your holding costs, you know, you can disconnect your your power, but if you You've got not not got that full disconnection. Your costs will keep on running, um, and uh, yeah, those standing charges can be very significant. Um, so disconnection, part of the demolition, it's quite often part of the R and D survey, utility surveys, just to get those disconnections very clear, very crisp. Get that clear, and then your full utility strategy unfills with your with your design process. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I think um, it's probably worth just mentioning, um, you know, the different phases of utility as well. So, you know, we spoke about, you know, use your utility consultant if you so wish. I mean, there's, there's no problem with going, kind of going in, you know, feet first and just getting used to that process. But, but we tend to leverage existing relationships. We just find that it enables things to uh, to move a lot quicker. So, um, so yeah, use your use your utility consultant to uh, do the heavy lifting for you, and then ultimately a number of quotes will come through. Okay, so assuming everything is is as planned, you know, it sits within budget. You don't need to maybe switch strategy, um, and so on and so forth. Um, you're going to have to pay. So utilities typically are um, an allowable cost for the for the funder. So, you know, there's, a, there's an application and drawdown pro- process there to be done. <clears throat> um, and then the, you know, the payment is made. So that creates a, a job within the utility uh, provider's um, uh, organisation. And then there's a, arrangements for access to sites. There might be road closures. All these sorts of things would happen. But essentially, this is the work that brings in the infrastructure into the the final location, be it your building, be it a house, be it whatever it is. So that's that's kind of that connection. But it, it doesn't end there because there's there's other things to consider. You know, the make the utility company may have a different team that come out to do the actual utility connection into the main infrastructure or the existing infrastructure. And for sure they'll probably have a separate team that come out and put the meters in you know, that uh, connects up the electricity, gas, water, as we know, is all on meters, or mostly these days. You know, they'll come out and it's all, you know, the completion of one phase triggers the start of others and so on and so forth. And, you know, if we if we just maybe focus on the, the meter connections, you know, that 
that meter department, they're going to want certain things from you. You know, as, as the developer, they're probably going to want your your test certification, you know, for the ongoing installation, probably, you know, a disclaimer to be signed, all these sorts of things before they will actually connect you up. Um, so it's just just to be aware of that. You know, it, utilities is almost like a mini project, isn't it, from end to end, you know, to get your connections done. And, you know, to have your connections in there as well is really important from a, a development program point of view because until that final connection is in, it's very difficult for the um, for the contractor to do the testing. Okay, so there's there's a thing called an earth loop impedance test, and and that is very very much reliant upon the the permanent connection being there. So it can't be a temporary connection. It can't be this. It can't be that. It has to be that permanent connection. And then the testing can happen. So that could cause delays, couldn't it, in your contract period if you think about it. So it's just making sure that it's all phased in and it's definitely right at the top of the priority list from the start go. You know, you get in there at the earliest opportunity and get the process moving. So understanding right at the front end when you're engaging your main contractor where you put the obligations to manage, um, whether that's on a design and build basis. Going back to some of our previous podcasts, and uh, for those of you who want to revisit some of our previous podcasts on design and build or managing contractor selection or the design process, um, visit those uh, visit those podcasts and, and give us a thumbs up. Um, so, yeah, all super important. Um, you certainly don't want to be hit for you know, delays and extension of time claims from your main contractor. So, uh, it is certainly possible to put those obligations um, into the main contractor and then they can coordinate, as you said, all the utility trenches. Um, how many times have we seen uh, somebody dig up the road and put a water pipe in and then, uh, you know, three months later, the gas company comes in and puts, uh, puts a gas pipe in a separate trench? You, know, you would have thought some utility coordination would be there. And the good news is on your sites, you can do that. You can be as efficient and should be as efficient as you like. Um, so lots of other things, contestable works and things, and we'll be talking about that within the, the mentorship group um, later. So this is all about identifying risk, not fearing risk. The worst type of risk is the risk you don't even know exists, the unknown unknowns. Um but you know there is a risk here. So that's why you put a contingency of cost in, a contingency of time. You put the right robust professional team in place. You hook up that professional team with the rest of the professional team, the design team, and you make that as watertight as possible. But there will be just that element of cost exposure. And that's why you've got that physical contingency in there to give you, give you some air cover. And, uh, well, over 70, 80 million of, of developments, there's only one occasion where we just likely had to skim into the contingencies, which which wasn't a problem. So, uh, you know, we've, it's a pretty refined but refined process we have, but something you can never rest on your laurels. You can never become complacent at. Yeah, we, we do find that at the beginning of any, any uh, development project, it's almost from a site point of view, it's almost... A little bit tumbleweed, isn't it? You know, from a from a construction point of view, and yes, we might send in the demolition contractor to kind of do the strip out and or demolition of buildings and those sorts of things. But 
it's almost like the graceful swan, isn't it? You've got the, the feet paddling like crazy underneath because you've got your design team in, you know, in fifth gear, going for it, you know, developing all the designs and all these sort of aspects, particularly around utilities, are all in all in play, you know, at this at this point. And, you know, uh, not least also um address and, and street naming as well. You know, mm-hmm. so it's it's a, one of those small things and it could be easily missed, Mark, couldn't it? Easily missed. But this is a contact with the local authority. Um, the address and street naming department in the local authority to say, well, you know, we've got a building, we want to change the name of it. We've now got, let's say, I don't know, 10 apartments, 20 apartments. Each is going to have to have its individual address. You know, or you've got a plot of land and you're building some houses. So each each house has got to have its individual address. And it can take a bit of time. They'll want to know what you want to what you want to um call the the street or you know whatever it is and they've got to then run it through the parish council and all these sorts of things kind of go on behind the scenes so so it can take a bit of time but the relevance of saying that is unless you've got your address for each of the connection points for the dwellings be it flats be it houses be whatever it is you're going to struggle um, to the point of going nowhere of getting your connections done because when the metering department coming, they want to understand that the metering of what address. <laughs> so you're going to need all your addresses, all your new postcodes if necessary, all in there, you know, all scheduled out. And then once you've got that, it's dead easy. Just pass it over to the utility company. They assign then a meter reading, sorry, a meter number with your address, and then the meter install can happen. But you can, you can see how that could hold up things. <clears throat> you know, oh, we, we haven't done the street naming. Oh. You know, oh right, we're going to hold everything up. You know, oh then therefore we can't do the testing. Therefore the project gets delayed. Therefore, therefore, so there's a lot of activity up front. And even if it's probably a month or two too soon, you know, I'd urge everybody to just do as many things as you possibly can up front. And and street naming and um, building addresses is one of those things. I think just get it out of the way, get it done. As we always say, it's that simulate and anticipative. If you work with somebody who understands that end-to-end process, so you don't feel as though you're bumping around in the dark, bumping into things, you know, you understand each step, why each step has to happen, where the dependencies are. And that's what a great mentor does. So if you're interested in mentorship, that's what Nigel and I do. Go to equacademy.co.uk website. And for those listening live, click on the link and, and book a call. Book a call with one of us and we'll take you through and uh, it'd be great to understand what you're trying to achieve and how we can help you. So, Nigel, I mean, we for those of you listening live, actually, um, why not tune in to, to this in your own time? Uh, our podcast, Property Portfolio Podcast, it's available on you know Apple, iTunes, all, all the uh, uh, major podcast platforms. So Property Portfolio Podcast. So this is a running theme across all of our podcasts. We don't skim across the surface. We dive into the detail because these are the de- the knowledge of the detail. Um, that's how you can hold your team accountable, identify risk, mitigate risk, and maximize the size of the opportunity. And ultimately, that's what it's all about for all of us. That creates shared value. So Nigel, end of a podcast. A brief episode, but a really important episode packed with content. And if, if everybody can just remember a few of those golden nuggets, 
you know, keep their utility management under tight, tight order throughout the development, that will have a massive impact on the financial outcome of their development. Brilliant. Well, thank you for tuning in for that episode of Property Portfolio Podcast on utility management. I'm sure you found that really helpful. Um, Let us know, drop us a line how you feel about the podcast and some of the successes you're having. And uh, we're going to be moving on to our mentorship group now. And we're going to be doing a really deep dive into this fascinating subject. So you have a great week ahead and we'll see you next week on Property Portfolio Podcast. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Property Portfolio Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode and that it inspired you on the next leg of your journey. If you've got any questions or comments, why not reach out to us at our Facebook page, Equa Academy. Also, don't forget to register for free access to hundreds of property development videos and templates over at equaacademy.co.uk and we'll see you in next week's episode. Thank you.